Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, here we go. John chapter 18, he just finished praying this beautiful prayer in chapter 17. And then it says this, When Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over the brook Kidron, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. We know that to be the Garden of Gethsemane. Verse 2, And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. This was a regular meeting place for Jesus and his, and his disciples. Verse 3, Then Judas, having received a detachment, of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, this is interesting, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now when he said to them, I am he, They drew back and fell to the ground. (laughs) John's the only one of the four gospel writers that brings this out. But uh, Jesus said, I am he. And this whole crowd of people, I mean hundreds, fell back and and drew back and fell to the ground when he said, I am he. Now, in the, the Greek here, the word he, in fact, in this translation, the word he is italicized, which means it's not in the Greek. It was added by the translators to help the reader to understand what it's saying. Really, Jesus just said, I am. Well, that relates back to the conversation of the burning bush with Moses, when Moses said, who shall I tell uh, Pharaoh sent me? And God says, tell him that I am sent you. (laughs) I am. That's it. If anybody is, it's God. He is the creator. We were created. We have a starting point. God has no starting point. He just is. And he called himself, I am. And so Jesus answers here, I am. And this whole crowd draws back and falls to the ground. Then he asked them again, whom are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am. The translation here says, I am he. But he is again uh, italicized, showing that there's no Greek word that is translated from. It was added by the translators. I have told you that I am he. Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way. Jesus is asking that his disciples uh, be able to go and not uh, be arrested or not be punished on his account. He said, therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled, which he spoke. Of those whom you gave me, I have lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Now, what's interesting is that uh, this story is uh, brought out in other Gospels, but they say one of the disciples. Well, here, John, I I love John because he just calls it out. 
And he says, that was Peter. Peter pulled his sword out. Jesus had to rebuke him, so to speak. But Peter just calls, or excuse me, John just calls the names out. And so John says, then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? Then the detachment of troops and the captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him, and they led him away to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. Now it was Caiaphas who advised the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Now that disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus, we presume that this is John himself, speaking of himself, that disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door outside. Then the other disciple who was known uh, to the high priest went out and spoke to her who kept the door and brought Peter in. Then the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, you are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Oh, there's a denial right there, isn't it? Now the servants and officers who made a fire of coals stood there, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them and warmed himself. The high priest then asked Jesus about his disciples and his doctrine. Jesus answered, I spoke openly to the world. I always taught in the synagogue and in the temple where the Jews always meet. And in secret, I have said nothing. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. Indeed, they know what I said. And when he had said these things, one of the officers who stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, do you answer the high priest like that? So can you imagine the palm of his hand struck Jesus? This is the first of many uh, abusive slaps, punches, hits, uh, clubbing Jesus, them hitting Jesus with a reed or something like a club and such. This is the first he got hit with the palm of this uh, person's hand. So it says, he said, he hit him and said, do you answer the high priest like that? Jesus answered him, if I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. Therefore they said to him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of him whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter then denied it again, and immediately a rooster crowed. Well, you remember Jesus told Peter, This night you'll deny me three times before the rooster crows. And certainly he did. Verse 20, verse 28. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the Praetorium, and it was early morning. The Praetorium, now this is going from Caiaphas, the Jewish high priest. Now going to the Praetorium, this is now under Roman jurisdiction because the Jews, uh, they had some authority that was afforded them of the Romans, but they didn't have the authority to execute people. And these religious Jewish leaders wanted Jesus to be executed. So now they're taking him early in the morning to the praetorium before the Roman governor. 
of sorts, which is Pilate. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the Praetorium, and it was early morning. But they themselves did not go into the Praetorium, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate, so notice there that they had not yet eaten the Passover. It says, lest they should be defiled. They themselves did not go into the Praetorium, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. So notice Jesus and his disciples ate the Passover the night before. But these Jewish leaders had not eaten the Passover. Now, why is that? Why would Jesus be eating the Passover the night before? In other words, on a different evening, the evening before. Well, remember, it was in the evening time. So Jewish, the Jewish calendar is the evening and the morning are the first day, right? Uh, from the book of Genesis. So a Jewish day starts in the evening and ends at the end of the afternoon the next day. So that evening would have been the next day. So Jesus is actually eating on this next day. But check this out. The other Jews had not eaten the Passover yet. They're going to eat it this coming evening because the Passover lamb, they're going to begin to be killed at twilight. This is what Exodus chapter 12 says. Passover lamb is to be killed at twilight on the fourth, 14th day of Nisan. Well, of course, Jesus is the lamb. He has to die on exactly the right day. So he's not going to be around to eat the Passover because he is the Passover lamb. So he eats it the night before, which is also on the Passover day, which is from the evening through the next day. So the evening starting the Passover day, Jesus eats the Passover. By nine o'clock in the morning, he's crucified as Passover lamb. By three in the afternoon, right when the priests are sharpening their knives and about to start sacrificing the first lambs of Passover, Jesus dies as the Passover lamb. Isn't this beautiful? I mean, it's horrific for Jesus, but for us, he is our Passover. For us, he is our sacrifice, the payment for our sin, the fulfillment of biblical prophecy way back from 1500 BC in Moses' day. Now, 1500 years later, on the exact day, he's killed as Passover lamb. And this is proof what's captured here in the book of John. That though Jesus ate the Passover meal the night before, these Jewish leaders would not go into the Roman praetorium on this day, lest they should be defiled uh, and that they might eat the Passover. Isn't that powerful? That shows Jesus is going to die on Passover exactly as prophesied and predicted. So, verse 29, Pilate then went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you. Then Pilate said to them, You take him and judge him according to your law. Therefore the Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. There it is. That the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. See, the Old Testament prophecies, even Psalm 22 which starts out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which is what Jesus said on the cross, right? And in that Psalm, Psalm 22, they pierced my hands and my feet. This is Roman crucifixion, which didn't even exist in the days of David when David wrote the Psalms. See, it didn't even exist, but this was all prophesied. So they have to bring him to the Romans because this was all predicted that this would happen this way. 
Verse 33, then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, are you speaking for yourself about this or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you then a king, or are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. By the way, by Pilate declaring this, and he declared it multiple times, and it was declared in several other ways about Jesus right there at the end. They could find no fault in him. When the religious rulers that last week were questioning him, trying to catch him in his words, but they couldn't, couldn't catch any fault in him. This was exactly the play out of uh, God telling the Jews in Exodus chapter 12 on the 10th day of the month, the day of Nisan, take a lamb and you're going to examine it now for several days. And then on the 14th day, you're going to sacrifice it because that lamb had to be without spot and without blemish. And this is what's happening with Jesus before he actually dies as Passover lamb. He's being judged. He's being tested. He's being uh, assessed to see, is there any fault? And notice, documented in Scripture, this Roman ruler of sorts is saying, I find no fault in him. I don't see anything wrong with this person. This is all important for uh, the world to know that Jesus did not die for his own sins. He was the lamb without blemish. He died for ours. Had he had one blemish, one sin, just one, he would not have been qualified to die for our sins. He would have had to have died, died for his own sins. But he's declared here multiple times, and here's one of them. Uh, Pilate says, I find no fault in him at all. <laughs> That's powerful. All right, verse 39. He goes on to say, but you have a custom that I should release someone to you at the Passover. Every Passover, the Romans would release a prisoner of the Jews and they would celebrate that one of their prisoners was released. He said, but you have a custom that I should release someone to you at the Passover. Do you therefore want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Then they all cried again, saying, not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. So this known criminal, they said, no, let the criminal go. Keep this man bound. And of course, they wanted him to be crucified. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, thank Jesus for going through all of this on our behalf to die for us to be Passover lamb. But you can see the powerful prophetic implications and fulfillment in the person of Jesus Christ. Thank God. All right, that's chapter 18, and we'll pick up this story in chapter 19 tomorrow. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. 
If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.